1: I was always focusing on creating wealth and creating uh, passive income so putting my money to work in the best possible location at that time.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taren Shump and in this special episode, we're chatting with successful property investor Daniel Walsh. We're going to be diving into the topic of rent vesting and using one of his clients as an example. We find out more about rent vesting and what it is, the advantages of rent vesting, how you can use this strategy to build your portfolio and much much more. We jump right into the topic and find out more about Walsh's clients and why they prefer rent investing over buying their own home.
1: So we had some clients uh, I guess come to us from Hong Kong. So they're expats. They were originally uh, from Sydney themselves, and they actually had their principal place of residence in Sydney. So what they did was um, he is he works high up in the banks, and she was a stay-at-home mum, and they wanted to. Move uh, to, to Hong Kong for his work. So, what they did was they rented out their principal place of residence. They've been living over there now for about seven years, but they wanted to start investing. They actually wanted to get their money working for them. So, at the time, they actually owned their own home outright. So, that was worth about $1.3 million in Sydney. But they had a lot of equity sitting there and it was lazy equity. It wasn't doing anything for them. Um, and they also knew that they wanted to return back to Sydney to live in the next sort of 3 to 5 years. So they wanted to start looking at where they're at now and how can they build the portfolio while they're still over there? But also what was going to be their exit strategy for when they come back, where were they going to live, how were they going to set everything up. So The first sort of, I guess, hour to two hours of meeting them was really just going through their current scenario. Where are they at? What are they doing? And how are we going to get them to the end result? And uh, Josh, he actually was, was sort of saying to me that he really wanted to live in a high end property when he came home. So he wanted to live somewhere maybe on the water in the northern beaches of Sydney, somewhere like that. So basically from there, we just crunched the numbers and I said to him, you know, have you ever looked at rent vesting? And he, he did, he actually said, well, you know, I, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm in the bank so numbers are something that I'm crunching every single day and I, I do believe that maybe renting would be a, a good option for me. So we went through the numbers and it turned out that rent vesting was going to be the best strategy going forward for, for both of them.
0: We delve into his client's situation and how they are investing in property all the way from Hong Kong.
1: They live over there just in a rented apartment. Hong Kong's quite expensive way, I, uh, I believe, after looking at, you know, where they rent what they actually get for their money over there. Um, they do have two young kids as well. So I think, I believe they're both under 10 years old. Um, and yeah, so they, they pretty much are, are over there purely for work. Um, they knew that they were going over there for a set time and the time was around 10 years. Um, and now they're, I guess, setting themselves up to come back. The biggest hurdle that they had was, you know, not knowing where to invest or how to even structure the exit of being able to move back. But also, you know, they, they were out of touch of what was happening in the market because they'd been living over there. Um, Josh, obviously, with his work was quite busy. Um, so they really wanted to build the portfolio. They just didn't know where to start or, you know, who could help them out. And that's when I guess they, they contacted me to to be able to go through their situation um, and be able to keep them informed while they're over there with what was happening in that current market as well.
0: His client has enough money to purchase his own properties but decides to rentvest instead. We learn about some of the advantages that come with rentvesting.
1: What it came down to what was the return of where he was going to live. So. If he comes back to his own home, at the moment, his own home was returning about $1,000 per week. So it's worth 1.3 million. He owns it outright. It's giving $1,000 per week. It's around a 4% return on his money sitting in that. Now, what our plan was to do was to withdraw the equity out and to then go find new opportunities in new markets that were gonna be good growth locations, but also offer a fair rental return as well, so that he could build the portfolio up be able to focus on creating the passive income in the future and get a better return for his money. Now, when it came down to him wanting to to rent a luxury house, what he was looking at was maybe anywhere from, say, a three to four, even $5 million house. And what he realized was it's was going to take him a lot longer to be able to go pay off a four or $5 million house. However, he, what he could do is go rent that property. So he knew from a risk perspective that it was a lot better to go rent that property because in you know times of uncertainty uh, those sort of properties those high-end luxury properties are quite hard to sell as you would know um, and the market can be quite volatile there so if we do have any economic downturn he might you know lose a million dollars and then he'll have to hold that property for another five or ten years to be able to recoup his money now when it came down to say the percentage return On his money what we realized was a three to five million dollar house he could go rent that for roughly one and a half to maybe two percent of what that property was actually worth so we know that if he can rent for say one and a half percent of what that is worth he can keep his principal place of residence that he's now renting out and get a 4% rental return. We know that he's getting a 4% rental return on his money over here, and we know that you know going to rent for himself, he can pay just 1.5%. So the numbers worked out a lot better for him to actually go rent. He could also reduce his overall risk by not putting all of his money in one property, one location in a high-end market where it's quite volatile. And he can then start to focus on building out his portfolio as well because he wanted to create the passive income stream. The difference is when you go buy, say, a high-end house and you're continually trying to pay that house down is it might take you 20, 30 years to pay the house down. But by the time you've actually paid it off, your net effect really is zero meaning that you're not paying any interest per month and he realized that was going to take him another 20 odd years plus to be able to do that whereas he could create a passive income stream which he already has you know a thousand dollars a week coming in just from the one property and he could create a passive income stream so that it pays for his rent and he could do that a lot quicker and live in the four to five million dollar house now rather than work his way up to that
0: We hear the other side of things as well. shares his opinion on why people still prefer buying their own home over rent vesting.
1: I think a lot of the time what people think is, you know, the stigma, what are my friends or what are my family going to think of me renting this property? Um, I don't, you know, I can't say that I own the property and I can't say that it's mine. Um, That is one of the big things that I guess stops people renting and maybe building a portfolio so maybe going down the rent vesting path. Um, I think also the other thing is, is Maybe some people want to get in and really change that property up. They maybe want to renovate that property. They want to have their... Sort of spin on what that property is going to look like. They may want to, you know, they might be really into gardening and they want to change the gardens and maybe add a pool in the backyard. So I think what happens is a lot of people get very emotional about where they live to the point where they go, you know, what if I rent this property, I can't do this. I can't go in there and paint my walls a different colour. If I, uh, you know, go into that property. I think though, as well, what people need to understand is. You know, if you do go into a property like that, there isn't to say that you can't make that property your own. You might just, you know, have a chat with the with the owner of the property, and say, Well, what we're going to do, you know, we wanted to do a garden out the back. Is it okay if I do that garden? Now, if you're improving the property, generally that um, owner would be happy for you to do that. Even with painting the property, they'd be happy for you to do that if you wanted
0: oh, of to. Of course. It you know? yeah, doesn't cost and them because, anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because it is so much cheaper to say, rent this high-end property than it is to own the property, it actually makes sense that if you do want to, if you do want to actually spend some money on the property and, and do some things that you know you're going to live there for a few years, that it's still going to work out cheaper by renting the property than it is to own the property. And that's the, the, the big difference. One of the big savings though, is if somebody does rent the property is they're not paying all the rents notices that you know they're not paying all the water, they're not paying um, you know the insurances on that property which can add up. they're not paying for the maintenance on the property. So you know when you look at it even just from an interest perspective, it's quite a good saving. but when you look at it from a maintenance perspective, especially in some of these higher end homes, they're quite hefty in terms of maintenance, especially if they're on the water with rust and you know, salt water and that, um, that it probably is better off renting the properties. What we do find is a lot of these higher-end properties are rented and a lot of these properties may be owned by somebody internationally um, and they, they rent those properties out to you know maybe some professionals and they sort of do run that same concept of the rent vesting. They live in the high-end home, they create the passive income and the passive income pays for where they want to live.
0: We find out more about Walsh's own personal experience with rent vesting and how it has worked out for him.
1: I do the same strategy now. So I I rent Vesta, you know, in my current situation. And it's the same thing I've been able to create a passive income over the last sort of nine years where my passive income actually not only pays for my rental where I live, but it also pays for me to live week to week as well. So I've already, uh, I guess, within that nine-year period, I've already been able to create a passive income that pays for my lifestyle for me to sit at home with no job. Now, if I was to do this the other way around and just – go buy my own home nine years ago and then continually try and pay that off over a 30-year period, I would be nowhere near, uh, I guess, where I am today than when I chose the rent-vesting route because I knew that I could create the passive income over the 10-year period where that – the actual passive income could pay for my house. So the house that I live in at the moment is probably $1.2, $1.3 million. And, you know, for a lot of people, that will take 30 years to pay something like that off. But I've been able to create the passive income under a decade, and the passive income now pays for my rent. So I essentially have paid off a $1.2, $1.3 million house because I get to live here for free. And the same sort of scenario, I, I treat this as my house. I do whatever I want to this house, and if I do need to change things back, I will. It's still a lot cheaper than me paying the bill and trying to pay this $1.2 million house off over the next 30 years. So I was always focusing on creating wealth and creating uh, passive income, so putting my money to work in the best possible location at that time, and it might not be necessarily where you live. So this is where a lot of people come undone, is they might put all their money into where they live, but that market might not do anything for the next five years, seven years, 10 years. So you're paying the interest bill, you're trying to pay it off, and the actual property is not growing in value, where you could have been utilizing that money in different markets, where you know it may have grown 30%, 50%, 60%. And I have seen that even in my portfolio, where um, in Sydney at the time, it's you know 2016, 17, the market was sort of at the top of the market at that point. I then... Uh, rent invested in Victoria in 2016, we made 60% capital growth in that property and if I own my own home here, I would have made nothing.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how Daniel Walsh helped his client make the first move.
1: Let's repurpose the equity and let's start building the portfolio to actually create some wealth because at the end of the day, when you're building um, wealth, it all comes down to the asset base that you hold.
0: How to stay prepared to make the most of an opportunity that pops up?
1: We want to make sure that we we already have the money available and even when somebody's building a portfolio, if somebody has equity there, I usually say to oh, take the equity
0: out. And that's next. I'm Charan Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, are you enjoying the Q and A session with Daniel? If so, please keep sending your questions through. Also, I've asked Daniel Walsh to do something special for you, my listeners, just to say thank you for listening. When you sign up to get a copy of his ebook, Zero to 3.5 Million Dollars in Six Years: Five Steps to High Performance Property Investment and Quote Property Investory, you'll get 50% off a strategy session with Daniel. He'll personally put together a property plan during this session which is the first step to building a successful portfolio. To claim your special offer, simply visit yourpropertyyourwealth.com.au or text 0431 251 609 and quote property invest story. We delve into some of the next moves his clients are thinking of making and hear about specific property they had recently invested in.
1: When we went through everything with them, we noticed obviously they had a lot of equity. The first thing that I look at when I see equity that's not being used, I look at that and say, okay, so we've got lazy equity sitting in a property. It's great that you own that and you can still create that passive income from it, but let's repurpose the equity and let's start building the portfolio to actually create some wealth. Because at the end of the day, when you're building um, wealth, it all comes down to the asset base that you hold and then the time that you hold that asset base for. The larger the asset base, the more money you're going to create, the more wealth you'll create, and the more passive income you'll create over that long period of time. So what we did was they also had uh, about two hundred and fifty dollars to $300,000 um, in cash as well. So what we, what we aimed to do with it was we aimed to extract the equity out to go out there and start building the property portfolio. And then we're going to put the $300,000 just in an offset account, and that was going to be their cash buffer. They wanted to mitigate the risk. Obviously, as you build the larger portfolio, the larger you build it, the more you need. So, We always generally work off a rough rule of thumb of $15,000 to $20,000 per property. Um, We are going to build a significant portfolio over the next sort of two years with them. Um, And for now, we're just keeping that money aside. So we're going to be using the equity so that we can get full tax deductibility on the interest as we do that for when they move back to uh, Sydney in the next few years. So we wanted to set everything up correctly now. Now, what we did was the first property, we ended up identifying the property in Brisbane. Uh, we paid 456000 for that property and this is back in February um, and what we did at that point is the, the original owners, they wanted to upgrade uh, to a different house uh, but they didn't know where they were going to go so we rented that property back to them for uh, $440 per week so we, we a- were able to uh, get a return of 5% in terms of the rental and again, it's much better to get a 5% rental return, that asset's working for them, it's in a good growth location and that's a lot better than you know when they go down the track and they rent their home for 1.5%. We don't want to own that house. We want to be putting our money into an asset where we're getting a 5% return plus the capital growth. So that was the first property um, that we put them into and that was back in February.
0: You always need to have an end goal in mind and we learn about the discussion that he had with his client early on in the partnership about what they wanted to achieve.
1: The end goal, obviously, is to. Firstly, we want to build the largest asset base we can over that period of time. While he is on, you know, good money being overseas, we want to utilize that income to be able to build that large asset base, set up everything now because he is going to move back. We then want that portfolio to be playing out over the next ten to fifteen years to be able to sort of grow over period at that period of time the rents will increase over that period of time. We might do even some small cosmetic renovations to some of those properties to increase the rent. Um, but we want to be able to build the asset base while he's on the money that he's on now because when he comes back, we he might be then taking a job that's on less money. So he doesn't know where he'll be at that stage. So we want to be able to build that asset base before um, you know things go where he can't actually maybe service with a, with a mortgage broker to go out there and go get a loan.
0: With the amount of equity his client has behind him, how much could they potentially buy?
1: It really comes down to obviously somebody's um, serviceability side of things, you know. So we've we've always got e- equity, say, in that portfolio to extract, and it's I don't think it's ever going to be, uh, you know, we we run out of equity at that point. We we'll probably run out of serviceability before we run out of equity, and then we're going to need to have a strategy of paying down some debt to get him into the next stage of investment. Uh, but at the moment, what we're seeing is. Um, we can pretty much go out there, we're splitting the loans up into maybe $100,000 split loans uh, to be able to go out there and purchase a property. He can easily go out there and uh, purchase about another $4 million worth of property so easy, you know, 8 to 10 maybe even more properties.
0: Walsh also explains to us the reason why he recommended the client to split the loans into $100,000 each.
1: When we're building a portfolio, the way that we do it is we always want to extract the equity out with a new split loan. So let's say that we needed $100,000 for a $400,000 property. Uh, Now, the way that we do it is we want to split the loan so that when it comes down the track, when we've got 10 properties, we want to know where that $100,000 or $150,000 was spent. So that when it comes for accounting purposes down the track, we can go to our accountant and say, just letting you know that this hundred thousand dollars was spent on this property. This hundred and twenty thousand was spent on that property. So that when it comes time to even to sell, you know what you've been spending on those properties. You know where the money was allocated at that time. And again, all of that um, interest will be tax deductible. You need to show where you spent that money because if you can't show where you spent the money then and it all gets sort of messed up and it's all in one sort of thing and you might have bought a car and then bought this, all these different things, then all of a sudden it gets very hard to determine what's the tax deductibility of what you've been spending. So we want to be very clear cut in the way that we spend uh, these this uh, equity and know where we're spending that money.
0: They have their end goal already in mind and we learn about the time frame that they've set themselves to achieve.
1: Everything does take time, you can go out there and purchase. So, If we're going out there and purchasing three to five properties within, uh, let's say, a 12-month period, then we would be setting up, I guess, the equity split loans ready to go for that period of time. So, you know, you're not going to go back every single time and just reset the structure up each time you do this what we want to do is really work out how many we want to buy when we want to buy them and then set the structure up now so that we don't have to continually go back to the broker to set the structure up all over again so in this case that's what we have done is sort of set the structure up now for you know five six purchases straight away and again he wants to assess the situation of where he is with work how much further he wants to build but with the aim of still building a portfolio of around 10 properties uh, is where we want to get to he still wants to let these properties play out over the next 15 years, again, with his cash and with uh, the properties already got, he's probably going to be making around twelve dollars to $1,300 per week passive income now. Um, and then over that time, we're going to just slowly increase the not only the passive income, but also slowly increase the, the net worth side of things as well. So now that he's going to be holding a much larger asset base, we can then go out there and start, I guess, getting more compounded growth on that asset base From there, um, from February obviously in Brisbane, we we purchased the the first property. Uh, We only just recently in the last four weeks purchased his second property so all up he's now got three properties Um, and we're still actually about two weeks away from settlement on that one.
0: When building a portfolio, you don't want to be waiting to pull money out of your property but be proactive and ready when an opportunity presents itself.
1: We want to make sure that we we already have the money available. And even when somebody's building a portfolio, if somebody has equity there, I usually say to them, take the equity out. Let's get this equity, even if we're sticking it on an offset account. We want to do this now so that we know we have that ready for you know, if an opportunity comes up, if they want to change their strategy, they want to buy something different. But we don't want to be going to a period two years down the track where maybe credits become harder to come by. It might be harder to go get a loan at that point, And then all of a sudden, they can't even access the equity that they have. So we want to be able to access the equity now. We want to be able to set the structure up now so that not only are we buying, you know, the first, second property now, but we've already got the intentions of buying the sixth property, you know, within 12 months. So we want to be able to make sure that everything is in place when that actually does take place so that it's not hard for him to come back and say, okay, I'm ready for the second one. I'm ready for the third one because it's already set up there. We just simply need to go out there and get a pre-approval, work out where we're going to buy for the next property. And that becomes a strategy in itself. What are we buying and why? Um, you know, And again, when it comes down to what are we buying and why, we need to understand what's the objective of that property. What is that property going to do for us? Because each property in the portfolio will do something different as well.
0: We've talked about the current structure and strategy used to build this portfolio but does Walsh ever see his client in the future maybe purchasing his own property? I
1: think think the good thing about the strategy is because he's levering up and he's building his portfolio now, he will only be in a better position to be able to do that in the future because as the one property is increasing in value he might have 10 properties increasing in value and again it comes down to the value. So if he was renting a four million dollar house uh, but you know had five six seven million dollars in property they should and they probably would even grow at greater rates because they're maybe in a better location for investment. Um, so they would be going at, at greater rates. So he does have the opportunity to buy a home like that if he wants to in the future. The thing is as well, is he's created then the passive income in the future so that he could even go get another loan for his own house and the passive income will pay that loan off for him um, in you know maybe 10 years or 15 years if he wanted to go down that track. When we had a sort of a chat with him, he didn't really know where he wanted to live and he still doesn't know where he wants to live because he, he does he knows that he'll need to be in Sydney for work and that will be for the next sort of ten years. Um, but his, his exit strategy is to maybe move up north and maybe move to somewhere that's a little bit more of a modest lifestyle where property prices aren't as expensive um, and live sort of, I guess, an easy life at that point. So we already know that he's not going to be uh, in this sort of rental property forever. And he he's already sort of indicated that he might in you know 10 to 15 years time move up into more of a lifestyle location. He might either buy that property or he might rent that property as well. What will happen though is he's created then so much income from that period that he can then uh, go up there, he can buy his own house, he can rent, he's got a lot of different opportunities that he could use to be able to retire instead of just having the, the one house where like a lot of people get stuck, where they buy the one house, they start to pay it off and then if they do want to stay living there, they've created no passive income. He's already created the passive income stream, he's going to add to that, um, he's going to add to his net worth. And then he's going to be able to I guess make that decision where he buys his own home there in the future and uses the passive income to pay it down or whether he just goes up north and retires at that point. So I think at the moment for him, he wants to be very flexible in what he's doing because he knows he's not going to stay living in Sydney forever.
0: By looking through the eyes of his client, we have seen the value in extracting equity and rather than buying another property to live in, you can use it to expand your own property portfolio.
1: And when you look at it as well, when he's building this portfolio, it goes to say four to five million dollars. This portfolio, let's say if it was ninety uh, percent to one hundred percent leverage, would be fairly neutral given the returns of say on average around five percent. Now he obviously owns one of his properties, but all the properties going forward will be roughly around a five percent rental return, give or take. Some will be higher, some will probably be lower, but it'll average out to be that. He's already got passive income of about sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars per year now. We're going to be increasing obviously that over time, and the 65 to 70 grand because he is working and he's actually increasing because he's uh, overseas. He's not doing too much other than work. Um, we're being able to repurpose that passive income now to be able to pay down debt, and then he can conti- can just continually um, repurpose that to be able to go out there and purchase more property. so he can continue to build a larger and larger asset base so that in the future, he might sell down a few properties just to create more and more income at that point. But we're now using the passive income that he already has to be able to stick that away in offset accounts.
0: Hey, just a quick one before you go. I've asked Daniel Walsh to do something special for you, just to say thank you for listening. When you sign up to get a copy of his ebook, Five Steps to High Performance Property Investment, you'll get 50% off any future strategy sessions with Daniel. He will personally put together a property plan during the session, which is the first step to building a successful portfolio. To claim your special offer, simply visit yourpropertyyourwealth.com.au or text 0431 two five one six zero nine and quote property investory.